Hey, good morning, friends. So this is your guy, Larry, and we're going to start this episode off with the verse of the day. So it's going to we're in first Corinthians uh, three, seven. It is not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. Now, that was Paul talking. And let's read devotion, the devotional that goes along with it. Today's devotional is called The Call of Every Christian. In the book of 1 Corinthians, the Apostle Paul uses metaphors that were part of their culture to communicate essential truths. Paul's, Paul relates to the work of evangelism to a farmer's work in the field. Again, to repeat the verse, so neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything but only God who makes things grow. Paul's message is clear. While every Christian is empowered with the task of evangelism, it is ultimately God, the Holy Spirit, who grows the seed of of faith in an unbeliever's heart. This means others' response to the gospel is not on us as believers. Our responsibility is faithfully to share the good news of eternal life. But if we're honest, many of us Christians keep our faith to ourselves. There are people who are ready and willing to hear and respond to the gospel message of Jesus Christ, the hope of eternal life. And God wants to use us. He wants to use you. Today, right where you are, in your job, in your neighborhood, in your family, in your friends group, everywhere you walk with others, God wants to bring the good news of Jesus Christ. And you're never alone in this call. The Bible says that God promises his Holy Spirit will be with you and lead you, giving you the right words to say as you step out in faith. So take a moment and consider what next steps you can take to begin sharing Jesus's, Jesus with others. Prepare yourself to have conversations about Christ with other neighbors, co-workers, or friends, and ask God to give you courage so that the good work he has started in you might also take root in others. Let's quickly have a word of prayer. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for another and wonderful morning, another wonderful week. Thank you for my listeners. Thank you for those that are listening right now. Those that may have cold feet in sharing the faith, sharing the good news. Lord, like your devotional says, it's not on us to, to, for the message to take root. But we all take a part. We all do something. And help us to have the courage, but also help us not to be nervous. Remember, like the verse says... Lord, we just allow you, allow you to work through us. And Lord, we just thank you. We thank you that we're only partners, but you're the one that that increases. You're the one that grows that eternal message in their life. Lord, we just ask right now this morning that we have faith and we trust you. We trust your process. We trust the work that is that is working not only in us, but in others that that as we share the faith of Jesus Christ, the story of 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 the sacrifice that was made for not only on our behalf, but for theirs, too, that that would open the door that would open the door for their heart to be ready. Lord, we just ask right now that my listeners, as they're listening They may be encouraged to share their faith, share their testimony with someone, whether it's a friend, whether it's a relative, co-worker. Lord, I pray right now that you give them the words to say, the words to speak, what's in their heart, what's in their mind. But say it in a way that is natural. Say it in a way that it's them, not something that is scripted. Say it in a way that's authentic so that they know and they believe they know and they believe and the Holy Spirit will allow the process to happen Lord it's not 
us trying to persuade others, but it's you. Your desire is to bring that no man should, should perish, but to bring them all into your eternal, your eternal state. And Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your blessings. We thank you for everything you're doing in our lives. We thank you for the strength. Lord, help my listeners have a good week this week, a good day this morning, a good day throughout the rest of this week. As we go out into a world that is sometimes unpredictable, sometimes situations happen that we're unaware. But Lord, give us the strength to face today. Give us the strength and the courage to face whatever it is that's in front of us. And Lord, we also know that you are there. You are there in front of us, behind us, and you're already there at the end of the week. Lord, we just thank you. We thank you for your power. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for sustainability. And Lord, we just ask right now, just continue to walk with us. Lord, we praise your name. Help us pursue you more and more each and every day. Help us to read your word every day. Help us sing songs of praise to you every single day. Help us to love and adore not only you, but others around us. Help us to share, again, share the love of Christ, but be the love of Christ to others. Lord, we praise your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. It's your guy, Larry. And you just tuned into another wonderful and awesome episode of Larry's Biblecast today. So, hope that you're having a wonderful week, a wonderful day as you're um, going about your day and your week. So, uh, me too. I've been um, busy, busy, busy. <laughs> so, um, again, I thank God that um, I've been able to um, to set aside some time to record and, and, and also... Um, go through uh, God's word um, going through the book of Romans. So um, it's been very, you know, this is journey through <clears throat> reading the book of Romans has been very good, very um, informative, also very uh, encouraging. <clears throat> so excuse me for my voice today because uh, I feel like there's uh, either allergies or, or whatnot. I'm, I'm, constantly having to clear my 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 voice but um again i just thank god for being able to to um to set aside some time to talk with you all about um romans the book of romans so again uh some of you uh, may have may go back and listen to some previous recordings i hope and also um hopefully you've been studying um in the book of romans um, I think that the book of Romans is such a very powerful and wonderful book where Paul, um, in his letter to the Jewish people, um, really breaks down a lot of very good uh, Christian principles. And this is why I feel like, you know, the Lord has led me to um, to go through the book of Romans and such a such a. a phenomenal book um, in the Bible. So today we're going to be um, going through the book of Romans uh, chapter eight. <clears throat> um, unfortunately, I wasn't able to get through the entire thing because uh, it would be a, almost a two hour uh, episode or podcast today. But um, we will continue on here. But we just stay tuned for part two. And uh, hopefully, like I said, you get a lot out of this episode today. Um, today's episode, simply put, is do you belong to Jesus Christ? Very important. Um, just a wonderful. I think this is something that I I even feel convicted over. So, um, again, this is a good word for for all of us. So let's uh, get right into it. I'm not going to hold you to it, but uh Sit back and relax and enjoy this next wonderful episode of Larry's Biblecast.
All right. All right. Let's get right into um, today's um, Bible reading out of Romans chapter eight. And I'm really looking forward to this because there are so many wonderful verses in Romans chapter eight that we're going to be discovering today. And so I, I'm really excited about getting into this. Um, it's, it's a quite, to be honest with you, it's a quite lengthy chapter. And I am, um, I'm not sure if we're going to be able to get it all in in one recording um, because this will be entirely too long. So we may end up breaking it up to a part one and a part two, which I, I highly recommend and, and encourage you to um, subscribe and share to this wonderful podcast as we are going through the book of Romans. So let's get right into it. Um, we're going to be uh, reading out of Romans chapter eight, and it says here it's entitled life in the spirit. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Okay. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And I'm going to start right here because this verse is already is bold. It's, 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 it's straight up. It's, um, I want to say it's, there's a lot that, that I can get from verse one, uh, Romans eight, one, it says, so now, so now that means, that means present. That means currently. Um, and according to, you know, the, the translation you're reading this out of, um, uh, you know, it's, this is a new living translation that I'm reading out of. And it says, so now there is no condemnation. Now this is good news. Don't get me wrong. This is very good news. This is so there, so there is now no condemnation. This is coming off of, of, off of, um, when Paul in verse, um, I'm sorry, in chapter seven, where he talks about the struggle with sin. He talks about the things that he he desired to do. He doesn't do. He 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 talks about those things, about how the struggle is real. And some of us can relate to that. Some of us can relate to the struggle being so real in our lives, uh, especially trying to be a Christian, trying to live what's right. And you're still kind of falling or you fail and you know that you fail. And so. He describes that struggle, which I highly recommend you go back, read Romans chapter seven or read, listen to the podcast that I did on that one, too. And that struggle was real, man, because it's, it means that um, that it's not it's not him. It's a, it's a sin nature that Paul describes. It's, he talks about the sin nature that lives within us. But he was you know, he kind of ends that that back and forth conflict in him that says that. Who can save me from that body of death? Who can save me from this body of death? In other words, um, and he compares it to a body of death. Why? Because sin leads to death. And it leads to spiritual death. It leads not just to physical death, it leads to spiritual death. What is spiritual death? It's separation from God. He doesn't want to be separated from God. And I don't think neither one of us, I don't think any of us, I'm sorry, I don't think any of us uh, out here wants to be eternally separated from God. I should hope not. Um, the works that we do, um, the things that we say we do, all the the things that, you know, the Christian life we, we say that we live. Um, I think that what's important in this verse when he says that for those who belong to Christ Jesus, okay? For those who belong to Christ Jesus. And and that to me is, is really, it's a really important part of this verse because, um, we can say that, you know, I start with myself. I, I can say that, oh, I've been in church since I was a, since I was a toddler, <laughs> you know, um, doesn't make doesn't mean that I would I would in, enter eternal life or I would gain eternal life. Uh, it doesn't mean that it doesn't mean that I belong to Christ. OK, I can tell you that I've sat under my father and listened to his teachings. I went to church and um, not just church under my father, but also uh, eventually went to different ministries and went to church there and even served under those those different pastors as well. And it doesn't mean that I belong to Christ. OK, doesn't mean that I belong to him. Uh, I want to I want to make this very clear because some of us think that, oh, you know, when you talk to people. 
And, you know, you might say, well, you know, you might hear people say, well, I've, I've been in church this many years and and uh, I served on the on this board, maybe or the, the, the elders board, the deacon board, whatever. Um, um, you know, maybe maybe it, it may not be related to church, but it may be related to other things, other auxiliaries. Uh, uh, I'm a pastor or I'm a minister. I'm a, an evangelist or whatever your your title. And, and that title means so much to you. Right. But but at the end of the day, do you belong to Christ? Do you do you truly belong to him? That means that when Christ comes back or at the end of your life, whichever comes first, will you will you be confident? Will you be eternally uh, assured that everything you did was was for Christ or was it for you? You know, there is there are some wonderful, wonderful ministries that we that I've seen and, and pastors that have that have lots of members and um, people that say they've saved lots of people. I've seen this recently. I don't want to get into that right now, but uh, there's there's been some boastful, boastful accolades about how much they've done. The bottom line is, do they belong to Christ Jesus? When Christ comes back and he comes back for his church, will will he he will only acknowledge those that belong to him? Okay? We can have a list of things of what we've done or how we lived or what we say we've done, but at the end of the day, do you belong to him? Will he recognize you? This is what I'm this is what I'm driving at. Do we belong to Christ? So um in verse I'm sorry, in chapter um 6 where it talks about sin's power is broken. And Paul gets into this uh description of us. And he talks about us as being slaves. Verse 18, I want let's start right here. Now you are free from from your slavery to sin and you have become slaves to righteous living. And the reason why he says this, he says in verse 19, because of your of the weakness of your human nature, I am using the illustration of slavery to help you understand all understand all this. Previously, you let your yourselves be slaves to impurity and lawlessness which lead led to ever deeper into sin. Now you must give yourselves to be slaves to righteousness, living, righteous living, so that you will become holy. When you're when you were slaves to sin, you were free from the obligation to do right. And and what was the result? You are now ashamed of the things you used to do, things that end in eternal doom. But now you are free from the power of sin and I become slaves of God. You see? So understand that as we as we go throughout this life, you know, the reason why another reason why he uses the word slavery, because Christ died. He paid for your he paid for us through his death on the cross. We're no longer our own. And if 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 slave is such, such an offensive word to you, we have to look at it from the eyes, from the lens or the 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 vision of God in a way. God says you couldn't do it on your own. So I had to I had to put a, a ransom. You know, on the cross, a sacrifice, my son was to ransom you. So no, you no longer belong to yourself because if you belong to yourself in, in, in your own will, you will fail every time we will fail every time. If we were to live according to ourselves left to our own devices. So let's continue on here. Uh, And I wanted to, I really wanted to, to, to emphasize this. And again, do you belong to Christ? Um, in verse two, it says, and because you belong to him. Okay. And he goes on with the same word of the life giving spirit. I'm sorry. 
And because you belong to him, the power, okay, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. Okay, let's read that one more time. Um, And because you belong to him, the power, okay, um, or or some versions will call it the law um, of the life-giving spirit has freed you. Okay, has freed you from the power or the law of sin that leads to death. There are two laws at work. There are two um, there are two authorities. Okay, and Paul, like I said, Paul talks about it in the latter chapters. Um, The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. Remember, because of the the power of of sin. That leads to death. See, so the law, only thing the law does is it tells you this is what you've done wrong. The sin, the sin nature or the the, the power that sin has over you will constantly break that law. You're you're other words in the flesh, you're unable to keep this law. You you can't you can't keep the law in your in your sin nature. It won't work. Okay? It won't work because because of our sin nature, we will constantly break this law, any law. Um, you know, sometimes we, we watch the news or something and everybody's breaking something, breaking a law. They're doing some murder. They are stealing. They're breaking in entry They're You know, there's so many so many things that are happening in our world. Um, you can just click on the news and you'll hear it. You'll see it. Some people don't like to see the news because it's depressing. And it's and it's it's a fact of life that people are operating in their sin nature. They do they're doing it. Why why do it? Oh, some people can lay it on mental, some uh, some people are mental, people are drug on drugs. Okay, well they're on drugs, but you're still you're 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 operating in sin. There's a lot going on, okay? There's a lot going on in our world. And this is why this goes back to um, the law of Moses, because when the law was given, people were still breaking that law. They were breaking the law in the Bible. See, so and this is proving that we cannot we're unable to live by the law, even though God established the law. Some of you may think, well, why even give us a law? Because the law is, is good to tell us what we should not do how we're supposed to live. We we got to. If we don't, I mean, our world will be so much worse. But because of the law, there has to be a, there has to be a, a retribution for the law. That means if you break the law, then there has to be punishment. And guess what? The world is full of that. We we will all be punished if we as we break this law. But God, in his grace and his mercy, has allowed Christ Jesus to come and die for our sins and, and die for all of us lawbreakers. OK, all of us who break that law. And so what does he do? He says that his life giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. So. What does it goes on to say in verse three? It says, so God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like like the body we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving us giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. You see, and what a wonderful sacrifice that was. What a costly sacrifice that was. It cost it cost him his very life. And we can go through the reasons why Christ died or why he was legitimately used as the son of God and, and, and how he was put on the cross. But end of the day, this is, this is the direction that God had taken it because some of us were so, so sinful. We were all so sinful. Our sin nature is impossible for us to please God without, without Christ Jesus. It's impossible for you to go to heaven without Christ. It's impossible. So if if you're listening right now and you're 
you're you're not you're not a Christian, you're not a believer. Understand that no matter how many works you try to do, your best abilities will not will not get you into heaven. It is only through Christ Jesus. Because it it makes it very clear here. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our of our sinful nature. God so God did what the law could not do. Yes, God established the law, but he had to offer his son as a sacrifice. And this is where some of us are currently at. We're, 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 we're meandering through life thinking that we're going to be good enough to go to heaven. And it's a, it's, a, it's a rude awakening that we'll get if we think that we can do enough for God to kind of wink, wink and not and, and not like, oh, that's, you're OK, just come on through. It's not going to work like that. There's a reason why Christ sent his son to die for us. There's a reason why Christ had to go through a horrific death for us. There's a reason why. And Paul makes it clear here. So let's continue on here. Um, He did this so so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us who no longer follow the sinful nature but instead follow the spirit. So this is a prerequisite for all of us as Christians, as believers. If you belong to Christ, like it says in the beginning in verse one, we have to follow the spirit. Now, the second question is, do you follow the spirit? You're a Christian, you're a believer, you walk in the, you, you've done this so many years and you've been a part of this so many years, like I could say about myself, do you walk in the spirit? Do you walk in the spirit? The more we walk in the spirit, we won't fulfill the the, the lusts of the flesh and the the thing the desires the of the of the sinful nature. So that's that's the thing. Are we a slave to righteousness? Do we belong to Him, to where we're where it's not our will but His will now? Those who are dominated. Verse five, I'm sorry. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. Let's read that one more time. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. So we see here where Paul, he really um, makes it plain that how, how is this fulfilled? After Christ has died for us. Remember, it, it, it opens up in, in chapter one or verse one, excuse me, verse one or verse two, excuse me, where he says that. Um, and because you belong to him, the power of the life giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. You see that? So. This is why. This is why it's so important for us as believers to live according to the Holy Spirit, to live according to the spirit and not of the the law of sin or the power of sin, that we are slaves to righteousness, not slaves to the sinful nature. So am I saying that you no longer have a sinful nature? I don't think the Bible is telling us that. It's telling us that we do still have that sinful nature. But we have to walk according to the spirit. We're, in other words, the reality is that Christ died. What does that mean? Does that so when Christ died on the cross, that what is that the work that he's done? The work that he's done according to the Bible is that he's freed you 
from that power. He's now freed you, but he's now given you the spirit. He's now given you the authority to walk after the spirit now. See, so there was so so the the thing that happened on the cross when God gave us his son to die on the cross, it activated if I can use that terminology, it actually activated a way for us to 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 now walk in a way that would please God. Because the law, only thing it could do was show you your sin. Remember, if you read, when you read uh, in Leviticus, in the Old Testament, and in Exodus, where, where Moses was given the law, the Ten Commandments, he gave the law, but, but guess what? People were still sinning. They were still breaking the law. And then in, the, in Leviticus, you'll read a lot of God's ordinances and his 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 requirements that that would have followed those who break the law there was punishment for those who broke the law there was punishment there was uh, uh, um, uh, things that that needed to happen if you committed sin there was punishments if you committed sin and you would have been murdered all right remember uh this is where we get uh, an eye for an eye, you know, an eye for an eye uh, law. That means if you murder somebody, you you yourself will be murdered. Okay, that wasn't grace. That was punishment. And some of us in today's society, we have that today. If if you if you murder somebody, then according to the laws, you yourself will be murdered or killed. You will, if you take a life, your life will be taken. And again, that's because you broke that law. You see, you broke the law. And because you broke the law, some, some countries, if you steal something, guess what? Your, your hand that was used to steal that thing was cut off. See? This isn't, this isn't, this is reality. This is in some other countries, even to this day. You steal something, your hand will be cut off. <coughs> Excuse me. There are countries in our world today that if you, if you're caught committing adultery, uh, there's things that will happen to you. If you're caught committing adultery, even in the Bible. So, you know, we see how how the law is is cut and dry. There's no in between. There's no uh, it's black and white. It tells you if you did this, this is what's going to happen. And so that was the punishments. But there was also there was also the sacrifices. And, and God instituted the sacrificial system in the Old Testament because why? Because people were utterly sinful and they need and they wanted to come to God. They didn't want God to continually be angry with them. So there was sacrifices of all these different animals. As you read, a bull offering, a, a, a lamb offering, um, a goat, goat offering, um, all these different animals. And these animals didn't sin. They're not the ones that broke the law. They're not the ones that, 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 and see, if you notice, there's a difference even in that, in that time. There's a difference between the, the, the sacrificial system and the punishments. The law will punish, but it's also a sacrificial system because why? Because that had to do with the offense of what you've done. It's, it, I mean, I would say it had to do with the nature, the sinful nature of man. You see, sometimes what you've done at that time was greater than any animal sacrifice you can do. You have to pay by serving time. That's like today. Sometimes you think, well, I can just pay my way out of it. No, you can't. You got to serve time. You got to go to prison, got to go to jail. That's, that's how you repay. But, but even when you serve time in jail, I'm talking about today. Does that, does that, that that 
uh, uh, please God anymore? No. Your heart has to be changed. There has to be a change of heart. There has to be a change of your life. You have to be now begin to follow Christ. Do you, you notice? And I'm, I'm not trying to be funny about this, but sometimes people, when they go to jail, they go to prison, and that's when they find God. Why? Because they realize, number one, what they did was wrong. They're humbled, okay? And they're in, a, they're in prison. They can't go anywhere. So now you're faced with God. You're, you're one-on-one with God in, the, in prison now. You have to read your, you, you have other materials to read, and most and some people are in there reading the Bible. And that's how they come to faith in God. And, and you know, sometimes it, it takes that, I guess, un, unfortunately. It takes that. So I didn't mean to get off the subject here, but in this is what it talks about, though. It talks about the difference about living, living by the Spirit. The Holy Spirit, think about, in other words, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit, think about things that please the Spirit, okay? So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to what? Leads to death. And and we can tell, again, I'm sure we, we understand that death doesn't mean just physical death. It means spiritual death. It means separation from God forever. That's hell. But letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Life and peace, not only here, but also in in eternity. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It's very direct when he says this. It never did obey God's laws and it never will. So that's it. It, it, You can't. I don't care what you say, how long you've 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 been a Christian or you claim that you've been a Christian. If you're living according to your sinful nature, it, it may look good to all of us on the outside. It may look good. All, all your achievements may look good and, and you're getting praise and accolades for all the things that you've done. But according to this, if you're le- if you're being led by the sinful nature, okay, then again, you only you only fulfill God's law, and or you only are hostile to God through through the, God's law by not by not completing or not living up to God's standard. I should say you're not living up to God's standard, even with God's law, even with His law. You're still not living up to his standard because your heart is not changed. You're not living according to the spirit. You're letting your sinful nature control your mind. You're you're letting you're not letting the spirit spirit of the Lord control your mind, which leads to life and peace. Like he says, for the sinful nature is always hostile to God, but it and it never obey it never did obey God's law. Never. And that's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. <clears throat> so let's take a quick break and, and we'll, conti- we'll continue on here. So let's continue on here in um, in this. And now we're going to pick it up at uh, verse 9. It says, um, it says in verse 9 of uh, Romans chapter 8, But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who do not do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to him at all. Okay. Again, this is so important. This is so important. And um, maybe some of you are hearing this for the first time. Maybe some of you have read chapter eight for the first time, or I mean, read read it before, but it never picked up on this. But this is so, so important in our Christian walk that we understand that we need to belong to him. And the only way you can belong to him is by 
is by now obeying the spirit of God. And now the sacrifice of Christ, accepting that and walking by the Holy Spirit. So you see what it says here. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the spirit, capital S, the Holy Spirit. If you have the spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who do not have the spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to him at all. Verse 10, it says, and Christ lives within you. So even though your body will die because of sin, the spirit gives you life. See, so you see how he he makes a distinction. Okay, very important. He makes this distinction. He makes this pause is telling us in 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 Romans here. And Christ lives within you. So even though your body will die because of sin, right? And remember, I told you there was anytime that death was mentioned, it's not just physical death. It's spiritual. That means for eternity. The spirit gives you life. Okay. So the Holy Spirit gives you life. Gives you Life and peace, but it gives you eternal life if you live according to that because you have been made right with God. Okay, verse 11, the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just and just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living within you. This is why it's important. To live by the spirit because it's the same one that's going to raise you, your mortal body from the dead. Those of us that are not living according to the spirit and we're living according to our flesh, our own desires, our own choices in life. You won't be raised by the spirit of God. In other words, you won't be raised to life to face God for all eternity in, in, in heaven. You'll be raised, but you'll be raised to eternal damnation. You'll, you'll go to hell. So it's very important to not fool ourselves. Very important that if you're listening right now and you're questioning whether or not you're living according to the spirit, you should be wondering, you should be thinking about number one, do I belong to Christ? Number two, am I living according to the spirit of God? Not according to fill in the blank, you know, Larry, basically. Am I living my life according to Larry or or am I living my life according to Christ Jesus? Okay. There's a reason why God gave us Jesus Christ. Because we couldn't live this life on our own. We couldn't, we could not, we won't get eternal life without Christ Jesus. Let's read, let's continue on. Verse 12. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, again, Paul makes this emphasis very clear. You have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you live by its dictates, you will die. It sounds almost like what God tells, told Adam and Eve in the garden. You remember when he said in the garden, in the garden, when he says, you can have any, any, you can take any fruit from any of the trees that are here. But in this one tree, which is the knowledge of good and evil, the day of you, the, the, the day that you eat it, the day of, that you partake of it, you will die. <laughs> you will surely die. In some versions, in some translations, it says you will surely die, which means you just won't die physically, but you will die for all eternity. So it says you will die, but if through the power of the spirit, you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. What are the deeds of the sinful nature? What are the deeds? They're not just murder and lying and killing. No, it's, 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 uh, it's basically the deeds are, look, the deeds could be good things. And I explained to you why. Because if we're if we're doing these good things and we're not doing it for Christ, 
We're doing it for ourselves. We're doing good things, morally good things, maybe pleasing other people, but they are deeds that will that will ultimately lead to death. See? But if if through the powers of the spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. So and I say that because you might be astounded, like, wait a minute. So even if I do good things, if you do good things, you're only doing good things here. The bottom line is your life has to be living for the Holy Spirit, through the Holy Spirit. You have to be operating in the Holy Spirit. You have to be living by the Spirit, not of the flesh. There are so many people, and maybe I need to further explain this. But there are so many people in our world today that do very good things. And I mean very good things. They do so many things for people around them. And I'm not saying that they, they're, to us, they're, they're good. They're like, well, why doesn't God acknowledge it? Because they're not for him. They're, they're, in other words, they're operating according to the flesh. If you were to, have you ever ran into someone that, and I have, have you ever ran into someone that they're a very good person, but they don't believe in God? They don't believe that there is a God. They don't believe they don't believe in they say they don't I don't believe in religion. I don't go to church. I don't believe in Jesus Christ. But they don't commit adultery. They're good husbands and good father good uh husbands or wives to their to their spouse. They you know, they do family things. They give to the poor. They help others. They 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 do all kind of good things. Some of them are in positions of great power, great wealth, and they do very good things, but they're not going to heaven. They won't see God. They won't see him. There's a verse of scripture. It's a very powerful scripture, and I can't remember exactly where the verse is. You can look it up. And it says that it says something about didn't I do this in your name and I did that in your name and I did so many things in your name and Jesus will look at them and says depart from me ye worker of iniquity ye worker of iniquity I never knew you that should scare a lot of us honestly it, it, it scares me because it tells you it tells us in that verse that you could do all these good things, but God will never know you. He doesn't recognize you. He doesn't acknowledge you. See? And he says, depart from me. Get away from me. Ye worker of iniquity. That means you did the works. You did the deeds. But you, but you did the works of iniquity. They were in vain, according to him. He didn't accept those things. Why? Because you you didn't do it for him. You did it for yourself or you did it for the people around you. And that was your reward. The the Nobel Peace Prize, so to speak, for it was the human award for doing wonderful things here. There are so many wonderful people in our lifetime that we can look to and say, oh, they were such a wonderful person. I see it all the time on the internet, on social media. A person may have passed away and there's this whole big list of things that they have done and how wonderful people, how he touched people's lives and how this person did this and did that. And, and those are all well and good, but they're only good for here. They're not good for eternity. If they didn't live for God, again, this is without me judging them. I'm not, I'm not saying that I don't know um, what their personal life was. It may, be, it may have been, but I, but I am saying, according to this word, that if that person, this is why I'm not, I'm not using an example of a particular person that you may know. But I am saying now is I'm comparing the word, the deeds of the, the works and the deeds that we do is not compared to the life that we live. We should be living in the spirit by the spirit of God. See, the spirit of God will begin to tell God himself that we belong to him. 
So no matter what you've done and how long you've done it for and for whom you did it, if you're not operating in the spirit of God, you're not living according to God's spirit, <coughs> you don't belong to him. And that verse that I was mentioning, he says, depart from me, you work of iniquity. I never knew you. I would never want to be in the presence of God or God to, to I could see God. And he says, you, I, I, I don't know you. Or Christ says, I never knew you. And this is why I stress the importance of this, because Paul even talks about in the beginning of that, of this, he says, so now there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus or who belong to Christ Jesus. You have to be, you have to belong to him. Okay. So it, it just, it just, I, you know, I think, I think that the thought of this is just so scary to me because of the fact that we can be living um, we could be living in such a way that we thinking we're fooling ourselves basically into thinking that we're doing right when we're not. So this is why it's so important for us to understand that we need to be living according to the power of the spirit. Remember, it goes right back to what Christ did on the cross. Christ sacrificed his life for us. We're no longer our own. We're bought with a we were bought with a price. We've heard this many, many times. I've heard this many times. You are no longer your own. You're bought with a price. That means that you belong to him. And if you belong to him, that means you got to live for him. You need to live for him. Okay. So verse 14. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of of God. Again, there it is. You belong to him. If you live according to the spirit of God, you are his child. You're one of him, one of him, his children. Um, and also, also in some versions, they'll say sons, sons of, of God. Okay. Um, so you have not, so Verse 15, so you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you have, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. And now we call him Abba Father. The spirit, I mean, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. All right. So again, this is um, this is very good. As I've said before, um, we have to live by the spirit of God. Is so important. We cannot. I, I have this. I have this thought. That's. Um, I've been seeing a lot. Of. Falling of pastors. And ministries. On, on, on social media. And. It's very disheartening. It's very disheartening for several reasons. One, because they are pastors, they are, they're, they're proclaimed to be pastors and they proclaim, um, they're, they're using the pulpit to recklessly preach other things other than Christ. Um, they are mishandling God's people and it's, uh, it's a fearful thing to to fall in the hands of the Lord. And I want to say this because, and I, and maybe I hopefully it doesn't come across in a bad way, but we're living in a time where, you know, like the Bible says, there's a great falling away from the church. And I'm not saying that this is legitimate. I'm saying that it's because there are, there are shepherds that in my opinion, they, 
They're mishandling the flock. They're abusing the flock. <clears throat> they're doing all kind of manner of things. And, and, and I don't want to go into a lot of detail about specifics, but they're all on social media. And I'm talking about these videos and examples of, of mishandling God's people. Okay. They're going to be held accountable for what they do. And they're going to be held accountable. Um, you know, the, the fortunate and unfortunate thing is the fact that they are being exposed. Um, people are exposing them and they're exposing them in a way that in social media, as we can, as we can see social media, it's, it's got a broad audience. It, it, it spreads, it, it, it exposes very much more quickly than ever. And, um, it's not, it's just not a good thing for the body of Christ. People in the churches are hurt. They get hurt. And it's not a good, it's not a good look. So I say this because one, we have to be praying for these churches and these ministries. Anytime you see something, you come across something that's very disturbing like that. Our first, our first thing is to pray for that ministry or that pastor. And what I mean by pray for them, I'm not saying God get them (laughs) prayer. Um, But I do mean that we should sincerely pray that God will, um, God will either intervene or continue to, um, if that means chastisement, then they need to be chastised. They need to be held account for what they are doing in order for them to, to, to answer the true call of, their, of God in their lives. Again, they're leading other people astray. They're abusing the people that follow them. And, I, and the reason why I say this is because a lot of times <clears throat> people don't go to church because of these pastors or these leaders in the church. They're, they're, they're misrepresenting God. They are taking God's word and they're they're twisting it to for financial gain sometimes. You know? They're they're twisting it to in other words they're they're manipulating God's word. They're taking this they're taking God's word and they're saying, Oh, it says this and, and therefore you need to be doing this. As we've been reading through um the book of Romans, we're just reading it um as it is, raw and uncut. Um just exactly what it is. <clears throat> as I'm Excuse me, as I'm reading, as I'm speaking to you through this podcast, I have no other agenda but to share God's word. That's it. Um, And for us to live according to God's word, God's spirit. Um, You know, I I don't I don't live. I, I don't make this podcast to live off of. I do this because this is what I desire to do and I enjoy doing this. And I enjoy the fact of being able to share God's word. I pray that, though, that the results of this will will lead some of you to seek God further in your life. As you walk according to uh, the Christian walk, that you will get you closer to him. That's that's the only reward that I would ever receive is because if when I die and I go to heaven, I pray that some of you that may have heard this may have given your life over to the Lord. And that will be my, my reward of understanding that I helped lead someone to Christ. Not, not anything financial or material because that doesn't matter to me. I, I, I work for a living. So my whole motivation for doing this has never been for financial gain whatsoever. And I don't have a great, I don't have a big audience and I don't need to. But I say all this because there are people out there that, that have mishandled God's calling over their life and they have major audiences. They have major audiences. We're talking physically, physically, in person and also online. 
And unfortunately, they've abused that authority. And as a result, people are hurt. And they and 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 I can say, and some of you may understand that we're not supposed to we're not supposed to make man as an idol or as a god in our image, right? God should be that. But it's hard because sometimes people are drawn to a person. They're drawn to a, a teacher of some degree. And trust me, there are many that are very good teachers that unfortunately has abused their authority or they have misrepresented who they are. Some of it has came out um, in public, whether it's on social media, on the news or whatever, or however way you get your information. Some of it has happened while they're alive. And unfortunately, there's some that they're, their struggles and their mishaps and their deeds of 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 sin has happened after they passed away. So I say all this because we have to in these last days, we have to really study God's word. We have to live and we have to pursue God. <clears throat> and this is why this chapter, excuse me, has been very, very important. Is because of the fact that we have to live by the spirit and not by the flesh, not by the sinful nature. Remember, it's so important that we have to understand, do you belong to Jesus Christ? At the end of the day, and I've said this before, and I'm going to say this again as we close. At the end of your life, will Jesus know you? Are you his his child? Are you one of his sons? Will he will you be able to say, Abba Father, that your spirit or his spirit is joined with your spirit? Remember, it's not your will, it's his will. It's no longer your will because Christ died. He in other words, Christ took you and paid for you. So anything, anyone that pays for you, you're a slave to. You're a slave to, to, to Christ. It's no longer, remember Paul says that, it's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. He uses these analogies and these descriptive words and descriptions all the time throughout, even throughout Romans here, that we're seeing that it's no, it's, in other words, you died in Christ. When Christ died, you died. And he says these things in a way to let us know that that if you if you if you're living according to that, then the power and the spirit of God lives within you. And that's what makes you a child of God. That's what makes you one of his. And at the end of your life or when Christ comes back, whichever comes first, will he be able to look at you and say, you belong, he you belong to me? Will he be able to recognize you? Or will he say, like it says in that verse, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I know you not. This is very powerful and very eye opening and very scary. Don't don't be fooled by all the good deeds that you do. And I'm not saying I'm not trying to discredit that. I'm not saying never do that. But I am saying is that it's important to live this life in uh, according to the spirit of God and you put the deeds the deeds of the flesh away that means you no longer live according to the deeds of the flesh but seek after God pursue him anytime and and and, and I would say this one more thing because some of you may be thinking man like how do I know if I'm listen talk to God every single day Wake up in the morning, talk to him. Throughout your day, talk to him. Before you lay down, talk to him. Okay? Read your Bible. Read your Bible. Study your Bible. Not read, just stu- not, not just read, I'm sorry. Study your Bible. Study the scriptures. Ask God to open your mind, your heart to understanding. To, to, to help him, to, to, uh, for him to talk to you. For him to speak to you, for for your for your understanding to be open. 
and just don't depend on the pastor, whoever you're following, to teach you. Read the Bible yourself. Study the Bible yourself. Don't just rely on someone feeding it to you. So that's all I have to say about that. I, I, um, this is a very good passage, a very good chapter. And as I said before, there's a lot more to uncover um, as we go through Romans chapter 8. And um, just stay tuned as we continue on. All right. So God bless you. I'll be talking to you soon. And uh, stay blessed and stay uh, close to the cross.